This is the 64th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze this past week. It was 20 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. So let's get right into it. This is the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard on Fox News. I'm going to play the clip. I'll explain the context. I fell over laughing. Saul, was there any other indication from what you read? I read as much as I could, could, could read tonight. But from what you've read, that there should have been other criminal referrals out of this report. Anything that indicated that to you? Now, the reason why this is so funny, this seemingly short, innocuous clip of Laura Ingram earnestly asking about a possible criminal indictment that can be gleaned from 306 pages of a uh, special counsel report is because she's talking about the Durham report. If John Durham could get a criminal conviction, I think he would give his right arm for that. He got one lousy conviction and it was a plea deal. But let me just start with the headline. That's why that was so funny to me that she actually seriously, I mean, like, does she believe this? (laughs) Does she believe what she says? I don't know. But here's the headline. The Durham Report. When Fox News doesn't like a story, it just invents one. A condensed overviewer, 20 hours for Fox News for the week ending May 21st, 2023. Last week, Fox News anchors took a story about the Durham Report, an exhaustive investigation that yielded next to nothing and turned it into a vast conspiracy by Hillary Clinton to destroy former President Donald J. Trump and so mistrust into the American people about his presidency. Most of what was revealed in the 306-page report was special counsel John Durham's personal criticism of how the FBI and the DOJ handled the investigation led by Robert Mueller into possible Russian collusion with the Russian Trump campaign. Durham's critique of the agency was largely a rehashing of a Department of Justice Inspector General's inquiry from 2019. Although the Inspector General's report was quite critical of the FBI, it ultimately found the agency did not act with political bias and was justified in opening an investigation into Trump. The entire special counsel inquiry led by Durham only resulted in one criminal conviction of a low-level FBI agent who pleaded guilty to doctoring an email and two humiliating acquittals. There's two other other possible criminal convictions that failed miserably. And then former President Donald J. Trump once claimed special counsel John Durham would uncover the crime of the century. And when the dust finally settled, the American taxpayers were out $6.5 $6.5 million for a largely useless partisan investigation meant to retaliate against Trump's perceived enemies. Fox News just created its own reality and decided the Durham report completely exonerated Trump and everyone involved in his campaign despite several criminal convictions and guilty pleas related to the investigation. Durham also didn't negate the Mueller report or make any claims about anyone's innocence or guilt. So to watch this unfold last week was frustrating to say the least. Although Fox News did discuss other topics, 
the Durham report dominated everything. Because this story is so vast, I'm going to break it down through highlights from last week. The shows that I covered were Fox and Friends the First Hour, The Five, Fox News Tonight, and The Ingram Angle. I'm basically going to watch Fox News Tonight until they have a permanent host. So the story didn't break until a little bit later in the day, and so uh, the first I saw of it was on The Five, where they all completely freaked out. And then this dominated everything, dominated the entire week. I'm just going to cut this clip up as we go along, because they're kind of like mini monologues that I've massively whittled down. I could have made much longer, but don't worry, I, I, I didn't. And I also, just before we start, I put a lot of research into this uh, as much as I could, because I realized when I started working on it, because I was in grad school in 2020 when a lot of this went down, I needed to really uh, relearn a lot of this stuff because uh, I wasn't really paying attention. I was in grad school losing my mind. If you have a master's degree in anything, you understand it's kind of like going to boot camp, but where people like throw stuff at you while you're trying to do stuff. It's, it's intense. It's intense. Grad school. It's just not for the faint of heart. So here's the first clip. I'm going to start with Greg Gutfeld and his take on this. And you're going to hear a lot of repetition and themes throughout this entire piece. But that's important because this is how Fox is shaping this story. And so we had a half a decade hoax that infected and undermined every institution because we were made to believe this person is evil. And then people make fun of people who are skeptical about an election. Why shouldn't they be skeptical about an election when the DOJ and the FBI and the, and the mainstream media and the tech companies and the Chamber of Commerce are all in on the same thing? Uh, why shouldn't the election be called into question, right? So Gutfeld's basically selling a new version of the big lie in that the election was somehow stolen from Trump. It's a little bit subtle there. Now we get to really nutty land where we get with Jesse Waters, and he brings up the word treason and i am not kidding we already knew that they framed donald trump for treason we knew the fact that hillary created the russia collusion hoax we knew barack obama was briefed on crooked scam to link him to russia and we knew that they fabricated evidence to spy on the trump campaign obama administration officials spied on the Trump campaign illegally based on a hoax that Crooked cooked up. And then they cleaned it all up with the Mueller investigation, which was a fake investigation designed to tee up an impeachment. There's a lot of falsehoods in that one brief rant that I could go through, but I'm going to basically debunk this entire nonsense little by little throughout the podcast. So with this one, I'm just going to attack a couple of false statements. So the investigation into Trump was not started because of anything Hillary Clinton did. In May 2016, during a night of heavy drinking in a London bar, George Papadopoulos, a young advisor for the Trump campaign, boasted to an Australian diplomat, Alexander Downer, that Russia had damaging information on Hillary Clinton. Two months later, after emails involving the Clinton campaign started leaking online, the Australian officials passed on this information to U.S. intelligence. John Durham did not dispute this in his report. George Papadopoulos pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI and served 14 days in prison. The Obama administration did not spy on the Trump campaign. This was also not included in the Durham report. It's a conspiracy theory started by Trump himself that is largely circulated in right-wing media. 
Just a general note, I could easily uh, spin off and start talking about Roger Stone and Flynn and Manafort, and I'm not going to because it would be a nine-hour podcast. So instead, to just focus on how Fox reacted to the Durham report, I just want to give that quick note if you're like, hey, what about, what about, and what about? I, I get it. I get it. But again, we're just going to focus on how Fox responded to this story and how they twisted it completely. So this is Judge Janine weaving in Hunter Biden. No kidding. We have an out-of-control intelligence agency, 51 intelligence agents lying about Russian disinformation. We've got DOJ, FBI. They're not afraid of anything anymore, Martha, because none of them are having their feet held to the fire. And is the New York Times or the Washington Post going to return the Pulitzers? No way. I want to make sure that we mention here, uh, former President Trump, this is his first statement about this. He says, I, and much more importantly than American public, have been victims of this long-running and treasonous See? charade started by the Democrats, yeah. started by Comey. There must Victim. be a heavy price to pay for putting our country through this. So yeah, this is just chock full. <laughs> I, I had enough clips to do, I, I'm not kidding, I had enough clips to do like five podcasts. It was like, how do I get this? Oh my goodness. So they included the Trump statement, which is full of nonsense. Comey started this? Really? Okay. And then they also included um, the 51 intelligence agents, which is a reference to Hunter Biden. Now, since I'm 10 minutes in, I should give a shout out to my sponsor, which is the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And I always make everyone sure uh, that I am a graduate of that program, not a student. And I also want to take this time very briefly to say that this is also a listener-supported and reader-supported project. And if you would like to become a sponsor, you can do so at my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Or you can also go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. I'm not there yet. I still have quite a ways to go before I am 100% a reader-listener-sponsored. But I would love for that reality to happen because then I am free. I am free to do whatever you guys want me to do to produce the kind of content that I want to produce and not have to worry about someone stepping in and saying, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't make fun of Judge Janine. Somebody on Twitter had a special request. And before we keep going, kind of lighten it up too, I'm going to do uh, one of my favorites, which is <clears throat> Carrie Lake. I had kind of a bad day today in court in Arizona, also known as Carizona. Thank you very much. I... You know what? I've spent my entire life on camera lying to you and lying to the American people. And I know that you're fake news and you're a liar and you're a piece of garbage. And I'm not. I'm Carrie Lake. And I am the governor of Arizona. They just don't know it yet because I manifested it and it's true. They stole the vote and they know they did. So now before I go, I'm going to just have... A quick, I would like to endorse something, and that's eat your offal, folks. I take pig kidneys and I blend them in a smoothie and I drink it down raw. Why? Because you get the enzymes and the nutrients. And I haven't eaten a carbohydrate since 1987 because I worked on camera, folks. And if you want to work on camera, that's what you have to do to be the size of a 12-year-old child for the rest of your life. Thank you, and I'm Carrie Lake, and... You don't have to vote for me because I already won. Okay, so the next clip is from Primetime. This is Will Kane, and he was trying so hard, so hard to be kind of Tucker Carlson. He said a lot of evil things, but he doesn't have the crazy. He doesn't have that, like, 
about to, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill somebody? Are you going to start laughing like maniacally? Are you going to say a weird BDSM reference? What are you going to do? That was Tucker Carlson. Just that evil kind of weird energy. Will Cain doesn't quite have it, but he does like to blame Hillary Clinton. And that he does quite well here. But what we learned today with the long-anticipated release of the Durham report is that the FBI worked as a disinformation shop for Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee. Special counsel John Durham's report shows us that the same people that lecture you today about threats to democracy nearly destroyed it by using our intelligence agencies to target the then Republican nominee for president and then later sitting president Donald Trump. The entire story begins not by rigging an election against Donald Trump, though. It starts with rigging an election in support of Hillary Clinton. Now, I've heard versions of this before, but Will Cain just sort of, I don't know, perfectly put it. The intelligence community was trying so hard to rig the election for Hillary Clinton that they went next level and made sure she lost. I mean, because I've... Seriously, I've seen people on Fox make this claim and you go, but wait a second, I'm raising my hand here. I'm raising my hand here. Just listen, hear me out. Hillary Clinton did not win the election. I, I know maybe you thought she did. Maybe you thought she did and it was all a bad dream, but she did not win. So I'm not sure how they rigged it for her, but okay, you believe it. Now here is Laura Ingram also going to a crazy place. And it is arguably worse than Watergate when you look at all the facts. Powerful forces in Washington, powerful forces in abroad were hell-bent on destroying Donald Trump's political career before it really began. These are the same forces who claim to this day to be the great defenders of democracy. But the truth all along was that they were the real threats to democracy. They wanted to keep power by any means necessary, and they also wanted to send a message to anyone like Donald Trump, anyone like him who comes along. Beware. Ron DeSantis might think about this tonight because they will come for him too, in some way, shape, or form. I promise you that. So notice the repetition again of that language, defenders of democracy. And you're going to keep hearing this over and over. And it took me a couple times. I had to go, what I did at the end of the week is I rewatched some of this stuff to grab some stuff I didn't catch the first time around because I kept hearing the same themes again. She almost sounds like a Democrat talking about January 6th. And you're going to keep hearing that. So here we go. And the, I also want to point out the forces, powerful forces from abroad. Like, what are you talking about? What are you implying? That Russia wanted Hillary to win? That's why they released her emails. Yes. Brilliant. Because they wanted her to win-lose. That's what they wanted. They wanted her to lose only so she could win, like a phoenix or something. I, again, I don't know what she's talking about. But here's more. Now why? They're going to do it because there are no repercussions. This is also why Democrats will never let go of January 6th, because that's another pretext for weaponizing the federal government against the people. If not, we should expect more of the same, a government that acts more like an occupying force, that cavalierly abuses the public trust whenever it senses strong opposition. So now January 6th is being weaponized by the Democrats, which is an amazing way to project something there because that doesn't make any sense but we have Stephen Miller who basically who was a guest on Ingram and he basically says the same thing only in a crazier way hard to imagine but true that here we are seven years later after they store four they stole four years of a presidency 
and they tried to undermine and overthrow democracy. There has been zero reform, zero accountability, zero consequence for the people who attempted this coup. Now, Stephen Miller might want to look up the definition for a coup. Normally, coups are not, um, it's a French word, um, I'm sure he knows that, but normally they're not when involve a lot of paperwork and meetings and subpoenas and incredibly boring um, large documents that you have to read that are repetitive and and a lot of promises of, you know, we're moving, we're moving along. I mean, does anybody remember the Mueller report being that exciting? It seemed like it was a very slow moving. The Durham report was more boring, was far more boring, but uh, yeah, a coup attempt. Okay, if you want to call it that. I check in with Brazil on a coup, many of other places that have had attempted coups, they, they had an attempted coup. January 6th, a little bit closer to that than the Mueller report, but you tell yourself that, Stephen Miller. Now this next clip needed its own space. It's also from Primetime, it's Will Kane. The, the war in Ukraine, uh, Fox has blamed, you know, Joe Biden, of course, Hunter Biden, and that's been very creative how they did that, and lately, They've been really pushing the idea that Vice President Kamala Harris was supposed to prevent a war that actually started in 2014 when Russia invaded Crimea. But okay, that's what they're pushing. This is the latest take on, haha, you caused the war in Ukraine. The Democratic Party succeeded in demonizing Russia, making them our primary enemy on the world stage, not the Chinese Communist Party, and bringing us to the verge of nuclear war in Eastern Europe as we conduct a proxy war in Ukraine. Not only that, an entire three years of presidency was derailed. The country was pitted against itself, and everyone now has bought into lies and disinformation while pretending they are the warriors against disinformation. And in the end, after all of that, not only has no one been held accountable, but this, I think, would be the third smoking gun in the dead body that is the trust in the United States institutions. Not only were they not held accountable, they were so emboldened by this entire story that they did the same thing again in 2020 with Hunter Biden's laptop. So to summarize that uh, nuttiness, uh, so the Ukraine war was started because uh, of the investigation into Trump, okay, and that it all goes back to Hunter Biden. Uh, yeah, I'm not really getting that. I'm not really understanding what you're talking about there, but okay, Will Kane. And I'm going to say this, Will Kane. I'm going to say this and I'm going to mean it. Tucker Carlson could have pulled that off, but you can't. Not that I want him back on air. I don't. I think we all know that the world is a greater place now that he is, does not have a mouthpiece. Whew. Anyway, that was nutty. And now we're going to move on to the next day on Fox and Friends and the sweet... Ansley Einhardt, the woman that you would think, no, she can't do anything wrong. She's not, she's never, she goes there. She does. It's shocking. She has, I'll just describe the scene a little bit. She's holding a typed series of notes that all three of them are actually holding. All three of the hosts of Fox and Friends were holding, which makes it a little suspect that this, these words were their own, but here we go. 
one big political smear, all to influence an election. And so many people, it was revealed yesterday, what we already knew and what many people were already saying and had been for years, that uh, the FBI knew about it and was lying about it. The Clinton campaign was lying. Adam Schiff was. The intel community. Uh, the, and this all dates back. Remember, Christopher Steele and his dirty dossier, they were funded by the Clinton campaign and the DNC to say that there was collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. And that was called, that investigation was called Crossfire Hurricane. And that's what Durham was looking into to see if they had any evidence that there was collusion. And he says there wasn't. Yeah. Okay, it's time for more debunking. Now, if you are uh, politically aware and you're not right wing, you probably know what I'm going to tell you. But Fox News has repeatedly misled its viewers about the source of the Steele dossier since it was leaked to the press. The dossier was a 35 page series of research memos produced by a firm called Fusion GPS and written by Christopher Steele, a former British intelligence agent. The memos purportedly showed evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian, the Russian government. Fox News neglects to tell its viewers that GPS was originally hired by the Washington Free Beacon, a conservative website, to dig up dirt on Donald J. Trump during the primaries. The Free Beacon at the time backed Republican Senator Marco Rubio for president. The Washington Free Beacon stopped funding the project in May 2016 when it looked like Trump was going to win the primary. After Trump secured the nomination, Hillary Clinton's campaign, the DNC, and its law firm, Perkins Coy, hired GPS to compile opposition research into Trump, his business dealings, and any possible relationship with Russia. It was then that GPS hired Christopher Steele due to his extensive experience working with Russian sources. Now, most of it has been debunked, but uh, that's the full story. They, they never will mention that on Fox. They just say, oh, Hillary Clinton paid for this. Now, next we have the brain trust of Fox News, and that brain trust would be Jesse Waters, who I think has to be the dumbest man on the network. He openly jokes about not being very bright, and I'm like, well, at least you have some self-awareness here. Uh, Rachel Campos Duffy, I'm looking at you. I'm looking, and Sean Duffy, I'll say, both of them. I'm putting them both in the same. Brian Kilmeade as well. You know, they're kind of all in the same kind of category of like, are you serious? I, I don't think Ducey's stupid. I don't. Ingram scares me. Ingram scares me. Hannity's kind of in the middle. Tucker also scared me. And I'm trying to think. Shannon Bream seems like a nice person. Uh, anyway, Tarloff is a genius, but she's the liberal. So this is Jesse Waters sort of openly admitting that he would love more corruption. He doesn't realize he's saying that, but that's what he's saying. Durham says the FBI treated Trump and Hillary differently. Really? I mean, Hillary bleached her server and smashed blackberries with hammers, and then they tried to put Trump in prison for obstruction. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, you have Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton coming back from Europe, China, and the Middle East with boatloads full of cash. And Trump is the bad guy. Now, the Republicans are out there saying that, oh, when we get in there, well, we need to get rid of the FBI. That's never going to happen. What they need to do is this. They need to appoint a loyalist as FBI director, kind of the way that JFK appointed his brother to run the Justice Department. You either need a loyalist or you need some guy that you have so much dirt on that he wouldn't even try anything. 
Ding, 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 ding. You're calling from corruption, Jesse Waters. Openly calling for corruption, but you're the good guys. Okay. Um, just want to point something out. Jesse Waters has been saying this for probably the past couple of years. I've only watched him for since February 2022. The bleach thing in the server. Okay, I've explained this before. I know Jesse Waters can read. I think he's literate. And I know there's several sources that you can find very easily. Bleachbit. It was a free, cheapo software called Bleachbit that Hillary's lawyers used to scrub her server free. Like, take all the data off of it. Anybody can download it. It's free. It's free software. It's kind of, kind of not that sophisticated. It's not actual bleach. If you put bleach on metal, it's just going to sit there. It's not going to actually scrub anything off. It will evaporate. But it's not going to remove data. I know, shocking, but I think Jesse Waters really thinks they use bleach. I do. I do, because he said it too many times. He also said, and it's one of my favorites, one of my favorites, he said once that Hillary Clinton had millions of classified documents in her suburban home. Millions of actual documents. I mean, I think she'd need a warehouse, but okay, Jesse Waters. Oh my goodness, that man. It's just, I just, how does, I... How does he have a show on cable television? I don't know. I don't know. So the next one, I have to cut this down because it's too long, but I found this amusing. And this is the five, no, this is Fox and Friends complaining about Pulitzer. An example, uh, how about this? 10 Pulitzers awarded to the Washington Post, 10 over to the New York Times. The George Polk Awards, actually, to my uh, LIU hands that out, granted the Washington Post, the whole staff, there's like 10 people's names there. Edward R. Murrow, two more, granted to the Washington Post. So it was one, and also a Peabody, Peabody. too, inside Putin's Russia. So that might have been a good story. I'm not sure about the last one. But somewhere along, no, and it was always Trump, colluding with Russia. I have a source, you have a source. Well, it turns out that all these stories are, should have been put in the fiction column instead of the front pages of these newspapers. And you just got to wonder, do they get to keep these prizes? Will the judges go back and say, upon further review, I'd like my blue ribbon back? They're not going to give them back because they're going to say, they're going to put this on their resume. I want a Peabody. I want a Pulitzer. I want a George Polk Award. Uh, or Edward R. Murrow Award. And if I remember correctly, in local news, when we were all applying for these types mm -hmm. of things, if we had a, you know, a great story, if we wanted to apply for one of these awards, you could. You earn it for a great story. Ultimately, though, the story was fake. The story was a lie. Now, Fox is being too hard on itself there, because I, I want to add something that Fox did win an award of sorts. So far, the network has paid out the largest defamation settlement in the history of the industry. Give yourself a round of applause, Fox News. You did it. And guess what? <laughs> With Smartmatic coming, you might do it again. If you can dream it, you can be at Fox. Believe in yourself. You can top that three quarters of a billion dollar settlement. Uh you can. I believe in you. Anyway, so I also want to add something at the very end here before we get to the last clip is Fox News also seemingly completely blocked out the bipartisan Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee report that resulted in a thousand-page document published in August of 2020. And I'm just going to quote the New York Times directly. I have a hyperlink. I'm very, very obviously saying I'm quoting them. So again, directly quoted from the New York Times article, and I have a hyperlink, so you can go to the actual article if you'd like. 
The Russian government disrupted an American election to help Mr. Trump become president. Russian intelligence services viewed members of the Trump campaign as easily manipulated, and some of Mr. Trump's advisors were eager for the help from an American adversary. The report portrayed a Trump campaign that was stocked with businessmen with no government experience, advisors working at the fringes of the foreign policy establishment, and other friends and associates Mr. Trump had accumulated over the years. Campaign figures, the report said, presented attractive targets for foreign influence, creating notable counterintelligence vulnerabilities. And again, that is from the bipartisan Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee report that came out in August of 2020 that Fox News has complete amnesia on. Yes, Mueller did not find collusion. He said that. He did see obstruction of justice, however, on the part of the Trump campaign. Uh, The Durham report did not disprove anything, did not clear anybody, did not exonerate anybody, and everybody seemingly forgets about this Senate investigation. So there you have it. Now, Jessica Tarloff, the liberal voice on The the Five, I always want to say The View because they're kind of the same show. Anyway, on The Five, our hero, our hero, we love her. Uh, She was the only person who saw reality. We can't survive the redo of that. And frankly, Donald Trump got some of his best moments out of the, quote, Russia collusion. Did the American people? He fed off of it. Oh, come on. Uh, No, I mean, really? I mean, who benefited? You're saying someone actually benefited from this? Trump, who is a showman, benefited by being a victim of this. And that's why he continues to proliferate the image that he is a victim. He did it last week in his town hall. Okay. Here's the thing with the John Durham investigation. If all of what Jesse just said is true, why are there no new charges? Why does someone put out a 306-page report, I think that's what it was, and everyone then just goes home, goes because about their business? it's an inside job, Jessica. You can't every... They if you keep their losing own. this much, they protect their maybe own. they're just losers, right? Maybe there isn't truth to what you've been arguing all along here no, by just wait, saying, wait, wait, no, wait. because you charge truth. the report. So... Two things about the report. The report says that there's truth and that the point of this was to find whether any person or entity violated the law. John Durham could say all this, but he doesn't find any legal law breaking. Otherwise, he would bring new charges. He tried three times. He has one low-level conviction and two acquittals. Basically came up with bupkis after four years so of wasting. So it's okay for the FBI to manipulate what the American people think based no. on lies? It's it is absolutely not okay. I think that they should have told the Trump campaign if there were people that were trying to influence it. Yeah. But the only person who actually lost out by the FBI was Hillary Clinton when Jim Comey got up there 11 days before the election and said that they had a second investigation opened into her Stop. emails no, and they, didn't you know find what? anything. They saved her. There is right. This is a new statement that just came out. I mean, this is truly Fox creating their own reality because we all know that Hillary Clinton did not win that election. And that James Comey, who was the then director of the FBI, his statement did absolutely great harm to her chances of winning that election because he came out right before the election. And it was like, well, maybe we're looking into a new laptop. And his brief investigation of this laptop yielded nothing. It was the exact same information they already had. And then it was a little too late. You know, Fox acts like this 
crazy story with Hunter Biden's laptop, which five years later, they still can't find anything criminal. Um, they can't find an, they can't find anything to indict the man would have changed the election. But Hillary Clinton's emails, which was a huge story that was blown way out of proportion, that was pushed incredibly too hard in the media, uh, was brought up right before the election. And then they act like that didn't have any. OK, or the WikiLeaks leak of the DNC emails had no. I mean, what are we talking about? What planet are you on? They just make stuff up. So again, I'm going to play it one more time because I thought it was so funny. To recap, we're going to go all the way back to that first clip. Saul, was there any other indication from what you read? I read as much as I could, could, could read tonight. But from what you've read, that there should have been other criminal referrals out of this report. Anything that indicated that to you? This thing dragged on for four years, Ingram, and you know it. <laughs> and you know that Durham tried so hard to get those two convictions that were laughable. They were like, the, the jury was out for like hours and came right back and acquitted, acquitted, acquitted. I was just like, ah, oh, if he could get, you really think that now after this thing is published. And by the way, this, is, uh, this isn't in the newsletter, but very quickly, when the Mueller report came out, if you remember, Bill Barr like held it, redacted a bunch of stuff, made a bunch of misleading statements about it, and then released it. Uh, Merrick Garland has not done that to the Durham report. There were some redactions, but it came out pretty much immediately. And he's like, yeah, fine. And he didn't say anything about it because it's a nothing burger. <laughs> I don't like to use that term because I used it in the last podcast, but it is a nothing burger. Now, very quickly to wrap up the podcast, these are the stories that Fox News ignored every week. I compare what I watch on Fox with five hours of the PBS NewsHour, a high-quality nonpartisan news source. And these are the stories that PBS covered that Fox did not. Part of the reason why I do this section is because every, people come at me all the time and they say, well, this is fake news and that's fake news and, you know, Fox is the real news and how would you know? And I do this every week. So if you ever want to grab this and just copy and paste it from the newsletter to show somebody how much they're missing out every single week, if they only watch Fox, I highly recommend it. So here we go. Turkey is set to have a runoff in its presidential election on May 28th, as no candidate got more than 50% of the vote. Turkish citizens living abroad have already begun voting. The official death toll in Mamar from Cyclone Mocha climbed to 145 and could continue to rise as rescuers and aid groups gain access to hard-hit areas. The military government's tight grip on the country has made it more difficult for aid organizations to assess the full extent of the damage. A 78-year-old American citizen was sentenced to life in prison in China on charges of spying. The details of the charges against John Ching Wang Lun have not been publicly released. In North Carolina, the state legislature voted to override Governor Roy Cooper's veto on a bill that would ban abortion after 12 weeks of pregnancy. Thailand's opposition parties formed a coalition and won landslides in the last election, challenging the current conservative military-backed government. It's difficult to know now who will lead the country as the military junta that seized power in 2014 changed the Constitution to solidify its own power. A new report by the Asian American Foundation found that 80% of Asian Americans do not feel they fully belong and are accepted, while more than half don't feel safe in public spaces. The Museum of Natural History in New York City unveiled its newest wing, a center for education and research. 
The latest renovation took 10 years to build at a cost of $465 million. It includes sustainable architecture and interactive tools. Two months after the International Criminal Court issued arrest warrants for various Russian officials for war crimes, Russia placed ICC's British prosecutor, Karim Khan, on Russia's Interior Ministry's wanted list. Russia agreed to extend its deal to allow Ukraine to export grain to countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Both Turkey and China played a role in its extension, as both countries benefit from Ukrainian exports. Fighting has intensified in Sudan between two warring factions battling for control over the country. According to the UN, over 1 million people have been displaced. 843,000 have been displaced internally, and around 250,000 people have fled the country. The European Parliament adopted a new EU regulation aimed at tackling deforestation, requiring companies to undertake due diligence into a source of a wide range of commodities, including cattle, cocoa, coffee, palm oil, rubber, soya, and wood, to ensure that they have not been attained as a result of deforestation. According to a new report by Amnesty International 2022, saw the highest number of recorded executions since 2017, primarily due to increases in just a handful of countries in the Middle East and North Africa. Iran executed three more prisoners who were involved in the anti-government protests. Bashir al-Assad, the brutal dictator of war-torn Syria, was welcomed back to the Arab League, a move that prompted international outrage. Many blame al-Assad for the bloody civil war in his country that has claimed the lives of hundreds of thousands and destroyed large sections of Syria. At a Senate hearing last week, top executives of recently failed banks largely refused to take responsibility for their bank's failures. They also attempted to defend paying out large bonuses and salaries when they knew their companies were facing insolvency. PBS produced a segment that explored the Biden administration's teacher apprenticeship program that was rolled out last fall. The program is meant to help lower-income students become teachers and lure new people to the field of education. The Supreme Court turned down a request to block an Illinois law banning certain types of semi-automatic weapons. The move is temporary as the law is pending appeal. Ousted former Pakistani Prime Minister Amran Khan's house was surrounded by police who claimed he was hiding violent terrorists. Khan called the claim crazy. The battle for medication used for abortion entered the Fifth Circuit Court. If the drug is banned by the court, it could have devastating consequences to people seeking abortion and for the availability of other drugs approved by the FDA. A new JAMA report, that's Journal of American Medical Association, showed excess mortality and shorter lifespans in the black community when compared to the general population. After initial progress, excess mortality and years of potential life lost among the U.S. black population stagnated and then worsened, indicating a need for new approaches. Urban populations slightly grew last year with the largest increases in Texas and Florida, while declines in New York City and Los Angeles halved. The largest growth area was in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. Fox aggressively promotes the idea the false notion that Americans are fleeing urban areas in large number. Ships from the UK, French, and US navies transited the Strait of Hormos next to Iran last week as a show of force to keep the seaway safe and open after Iran seized two oil tankers. 
Iran made no move to interfere with the military ships. Democrats maintained control of the Pennsylvania legislature after winning a special election in the Philadelphia suburbs. At least 14 people died and thousands were left homeless after flooding caused by extreme rain in northern Italy. Thousands of Israeli nationalists, mostly Orthodox teens and young men, marched through the main Palestinian thoroughfare of Jerusalem's old city. Some of them shouted, Death to Arabs, and other racist slogans. The demonstration was to mark the 56th anniversary of Jerusalem Day, which marks Israel's capture of the old city. PBS also included an extended segment that went into great depth about the rise of popularity in homeschooling. And I thought the segment was really interesting because they interviewed parents that aren't your like stereotypical homeschooling parents. So it was people of color, urbanites. It was very interesting. Great segment. I'm a little fascinated by homeschooling because I've never had children and I won't have children, but I can't even imagine doing that. That would be so challenging. And I know people who've done it very successfully and I'm just like, wow, tip of the hat. I couldn't I couldn't do it, especially when you start to get to like really hard courses, which I actually loved in high school. I loved the hard science classes especially, but I can't imagine doing that with my own kid. Like, hi, now we're going to talk about chemistry. Like, wow, really? Are we going to do that? I don't know. Anyway, um, here are the charts. It's by the numbers. I take everything I've watched. I turn it into charts so we can compare something like Fox News, a propaganda network, with something like a high-quality nonpartisan network like PBS. And we have Fox News top five topics. We go with a Durham report with 14%, which is quite a lot. Border crisis, which is evergreen, 7%. FBI congressional investigation. The subway choking death, which really shouldn't be a major story, but still is because it's Fox at 4%. And then this, I cannot make this up. There's no other thing to call this, but white supremacy is no threat. Hand to God, there was multiple segments on that. Like, let's just downplay white supremacy. It's not a big deal. Hand to God, that's what was on Fox. So PBS NewsHour, Ukraine War, 9%. Artist Profile, which is a staple, 6%. Teaching America's Darker History, which is part of a segment that Judy Woodruff is doing called American at, at, at the Crossroads. Hard to describe that segment, but it's basically sh- sort of explaining how to teach the things that we're not necessarily proud of and slavery and Jim Crow and all that. And I thought it was a very interesting segment. The other one is the impending debt ceiling, which that's huge. And then regulating AI. Now when Fox talks about AI, it's always uh, AI is dangerous and PBS is a little bit more um, tempered with that. So words used on Fox for the week ending May 21st, 2023, FBI topped it at 269. Trump at 233, Biden 223, crime criminal 129, Durham 120, Russia 102, border uh, 88 election 60, Hillary Clinton 58. That's staggering. She never shows up that much. Hunter 27, Ukraine 25, hoax 22. And then I think the next, the only thing that's really that interesting is Fetterman at 12, beat out AOC, she's always on the list at 5, Mueller at 5, and Rigged at 3. And what I'm doing this week is I'll be watching Fox & Friends, The 5, Fox News Tonight, and Jesse Waters Primetime. And I'm also going to be working on a video that will break down the congressional investigation into the FBI whistleblowers. 
Hopefully I'll be able to do that. I wanted to do that for this, but I realized that the Durham report took over everything. If you've lasted this long, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my cats, Odin and Thor, thanks, send their love. I'm a little loopy. This is sleep deprivation, no substances. I'm just very tired. Uh, this one took it out of me. Uh, you can, again, if you'd like to support this project, you can go to sub, uh, Substack for Decoding Fox News. You can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. There's a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter. Anything's appreciated because I'm slowly getting to the point that I will be completely funded by my listeners and readers, which would be absolutely amazing. And very briefly, if you can't or you don't want to, that's fine. Share the podcast. Share the newsletter. Give me a good review somewhere, wherever you listen, if you're listening. That also helps tremendously. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast. And again, my cats love you because they love everybody. 